episode 259 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my Zamundan co-hosts, Peter and Jake. If you can tell just by looking at these gentlemen that they are from the heart of Africa, well, you might need to get your eyes checked. <laughs> Time for Jake's blackface debut. Oh man, that can happen in 2000 and never. Um, instead, <laughs> what we got for you today is a real is a real banger. Um, this show, like much like our movie today, this show is sponsored by the official uh, 3 a.m. snack of the Saturn Studs. That's right, it's the Shredder Cheddar edition um, of the cast. Now we've been debating this uh, heartily for for many weeks now about many the minutes. best way to grate your cheese <laughs> at three in the morning. Uh, Kurt's a fan of of the uh, the box. The box shredder and the microplane. He's a, he's a fan of that up and down motion. Um, I like I like to go in circular Gotta motions. Keep the pimp hands strong. Yeah, and uh, so I've I have a revolutionary technology. Uh, by revolutionary, I mean it's been in my family for one generation. <laughs> um, and it is the rotor. It is the rotary shredder. And I haven't shown this to anyone yet. Uh, but apparently, this is a novel concept. Uh, this is the rotary shredder. It has it is a hopper, it has a rectangular hopper, and a lever arm, and a little rotating disc. You can hear it. It's the theater of the mind, but you can hear what's going on on the cast. And you deposit your cheese in the shredder. And I'm gonna I'm gonna Billy Maze it right here on screen. Billy We're Maze gonna here. let cheese rain down from the heavens onto my keyboard. <laughs> Look at that. How is that? Look at that cheese. Oh, so so it's like those those. Uh, I'm gonna bump like my mic. At the Italian restaurants. Yeah, they got they like got those at all. Yeah, that's where right. Uh, where they're where you're here, your family. Endless. And when they, when you're there, they treat you like family. Oh, so that's that's my home tech. That's my so that's my gear. And so now I'm trying to clean the fucking bathroom. shredder cheddar off the inside <laughs> off my keyboard. <laughs> If I could tell you this one thing. I thought you had a plate down there. I do. I do, and now it's filled with beautiful cheese in wow. one one slab. That's a lot of... Well, oh, no, that's a snack. That's that's uh, the little end, end bit that you get the snack mm-hmm. on. You know what You know what the snack I've been having lately is? Uh, while we talk about things that have nothing to do with our show. Um, I've been getting into roasted chickpeas. You've, you've, you're on that joint now. Yeah, I'm on the roasted chickpea joint. Um, it, they're they're delicious. You can season them how you like, yeah. and the best part is it's like actually fucking good for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. chickpeas like, chickpeas like six grams of protein and six grams of fiber a serving. In there. It's honestly fucking magic. You can like throw those. You can make those into pasta. There's like chickpea uh, pasta. I mean, hummus is chickpea and like spices. It's a versatile. Uh-huh. It's a versatile. You can turn it into fucking egg whites. Do you, do you know what the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea is? You've never had a garbanzo bean on your yeah, face? Yeah. I told that joke to, to my to my fiance, to my my mom, my family. Uh nobody laughed. Everybody groaned and said, Jake, you're a disappointment. Just just fucking leave. 
what are you doing in this house? Get out of Get here. Get out of here. Who are you? <laughs> we don't know who you are. <laughs> Why are you sitting at the... We're not... We don't know you because you're not our family. Oh, so I, wa- I watched this movie last we, night Jake? and I said, I have to really behave myself tomorrow because I could get canceled on Twitter if I say the wrong things. <laughs> I feel like getting canceled on Twitter would actually be like a benefit to our marketing Probably. strategy. <laughs> Should I try? Get some eyes on the floor. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I don't think you should try because that shit could like get back into your actual career. <laughs> it's... Uh... <laughs> Hey Eddie Murphy, we, you fucking! At, at least, at least wait until we finish up all our all our like games that we need the, all three of us for, and then, <laughs> because we need we need you to be able to afford the internet connection, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like our dear old director, who I don't remember his name anymore, who died in that car crash. Oh yeah, I don't remember. I don't know if Kurt remembers that gag. The man who from was, Florida. No. His name was like Robert something. Robert Zemeckis. You, it's coming back, right? You can remember from back in our co- back when we were recording in a fucking dorm room. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. The uh, fucking uh, Brad Grammer. Brad Grammer was, was our executive producer who died in a car accident in the Everglades. <laughs> that one was dug up from a fucking excavation site right there. <laughs> they re- recorded their podcast I have, in the cave in, with in my brain. In my brain, there's like a Rolodex of every joke I've ever made, <laughs> and I just had to like go through. It's organized by time da- date, and I had to like go back through the filing cabinet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we were, of course, talking about uh, coming to America. Yeah, to coming to America. Hashtag me Which too. Doesn't really coming to America. Work as a has a fucking title no it doesn't it's bad it's just bad grammar especially, especially since uh like they spend a total of five minutes in america in yeah movie. america's not like the focal point of the movie yeah i should have just called it coming to zamunda or something like that that's this... why we're recording at you live as always from a little little place as close to my home heart Close to my heart, it's a it's a maybe God's house or crack den. Maybe it's a combination. Maybe it's like one of those Pizza Hut Taco Bells. Uh, it's a combination God's house. I'm at the Pizza Hut crack house. I'm den. at the Taco Bell. It's, I'm at it's the like the firehouse. It's like the fireman's. It's like a fireman's breakfast. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's a fire station most of the time but you know it's the small town we get the we get the pancakes going the shorter raise money for the department go get yourself a hearty breakfast free pancake dinner after the show (laughs) pancake breakfast air conditioning available for the show (laughs) and the priest moonlights as a as a dealer so you know come in get your worship get your crack go in the back smoke it and And what yeah so what jake is describing is the uh, second floor of the Sony executive offices, because <laughs> uh, that is this is a Sony joint. This is the this, is, this is the most Sony fucking movie since Jack and Jill. This is the offices Except, of uh, Eddie Murphy Productions. <laughs> in Georgia, I did this not made know in that Georgia. Was a thing. Actually, 
It's funny because this is Paramount Pictures, and they're like the last of the big five studios to actually be located within the city limits of L.A. <laughs> wow. Oh, but they put that big fucking peach stamp on the credits so they could get their fucking state tax break or whatever. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess... Um, I guess the... Uh, the movie was made before the law was passed. The voting rights bill in Georgia. Oh yeah, it'd be very, very interesting that this all black movie would not have like <laughs> tried to scrub that off there. Mm. Oh, but the the wheels of the financial movie industry continue to turn with this financial instrument in the form of a movie. Um, like, was the only white person like that Lyft driver? No, uh, it was Louis Anderson. Yeah, it was Louis was Anderson. in the movie. And then there's the the old uh, fucking, I don't know if he's supposed to be Italian or Jewish guy in the barbershop. Oh, yeah. The old Safugana. The old Fugana. I guess he's a Jewish grandpa. Yeah, he's a, the old Jewish grandpa. Nazis are coming back, I tell you. <laughs> Anyone could be a Nazi, eh? Um, so we'll talk about. He was about... nicer when he was a prince. I thought he was gonna make a really dated joke to like the, the uh, what uh, what riots were like back in 2015 in like the South, Charlottesville. Uh, that was the, that was uh, oh yeah yeah the Charlottesville. Oh, didn't riots. you guys have one down there in, in Bmore? I think so at, at one point. 2015. But I wasn't here at that point, right? Yeah. No. Charlottesville was 2017, I think. Because it was after Trump was. It was after uh, Trump. Okay, it was after Trump. Sorry. Because yeah. he, because he said there were there were fine people on both yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, His early non-conversation. I thought he was gonna make supremacy. like a joke to that one. I was like, oh my god, is he gonna say like the tiki torches and like? They've got polos? tiki torches. Yeah, I tried to buy one from my backyard. They were sold out at Home oh, Depot. They said so all these guys fucking with fucking bad. Richard Spencer haircuts came in. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Jokes like that one you can find here and not in the movie. Uh, we're going to talk about the dearth yes, of comedy. Jokes. You can find jokes in this show and not in the movie. Uh, if, you, if you're if you looking for musical numbers, though, uh, you will get more of those in the movie than you will hear. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> musical numbers and product placement. I don't remember coming to America 1 being uh, uh, this musically inclined. I feel like there was like one music, one or two, like... Small? I, well, the, the the guy at the end, right? You know, Eddie Murphy's fucking, uh, not Rick James, uh, uh, James Brown, yeah. uh, wannabe character. That was in the original movie, mm-hmm. but no, there was no Salt and Peppers here. There was no fucking Wesley Snipes' daughter getting two musical numbers. Gladys Knight, I think, and right? The dance. Gladys Knight was in there, yes. She, leaving on the midnight train from Zamunda, not midnight train to Georgia. I hope, I hope the check cleared, Gladys. I hope it was <laughs> worth the price of your dignity. <laughs> oh man, we could. There's a lot of people's check who, uh, I think, they're waiting on it for it to clear. That are like, I better get fucking paid for this. Cause... Apparently, we were we were doing some digging on this movie. And, uh, you know, perhaps conventional wisdom says we should say this when we talk about it at the end of the show here. But um, I just have to to talk about this because it's unbelievable to me that this movie had a budget of $60 million, which, okay, sure, that seems reasonable. 
and Amazon paid $125 million straight up for the distribution rights to this movie. Wah, wah. It's no, not wah wah. This is weird. This is some fucking business this fuckery. This movie made a sixty-five million dollar profit for just existing. Anything I don't know if they released into theaters, but like anything they made on top of that was just gravy. Like they got oh oh, Amazon to... would be the one who would be like kind of losing out on this. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I misread. Like that. Paramount was like, yeah, sure. Take it, please. We'll take $65 million for this shit. Yeah. This, I, again, I, I will stress, like, after you're looking at this movie, after watching, having to watch this movie, um, it's very apparent to me that this is a movie that is not meant to be watched. Like, not really. Um, it is a, It is a contractual and financial product that was created by one industry and sold to another industry, much in the same way any of us would make a product and sell it to one of our customers, our clients, uh, where it's all just done. It's a done deal, like, and it just happens. The transaction just happens, and no one ever has to, like, <laughs> sell a thing. They don't have to, like, pitch a fucking sale. They're just like, here, we, we've run the numbers. Here's our product. It's going to do this much over this many weeks. Um, we did our market research. Um, we offer product placement. We offer uh, dance numbers. Uh, we offer old actors that are coming back for clout. Uh, and uh, <laughs> please uh, send your p- send your purchase order invoice, and uh, we'll get it. We'll send it over to accounts payable. That's what this movie felt like. We will talk about the things in it though after our normal. A slew of media departments of media like grinding in our our uh, rotary grader our rotary grader media the shredder cheddar of of the american media landscape which is tray watch yeah um boy there were a lot of trailers some good others not so good but these are the trailers that came out in this week beautiful Uh, um the dry is a uh, is going to have a a uh, vicious Kyogre Groudon esque battle with uh, the Water Man in theaters this summer. <laughs> I, yeah. why, did, why did I think of that? Because <laughs> you're not. Because you were in Florida for two weeks, my Jake. Level. You fell off the I'm wagon. Four parallel universes right ahead of you, Jake. They're right next to each other. The dry and the water man. I'm four parallel universes ahead. Um, so the dry is a uh, Aussie murder thriller. Murder thriller. Federal agents investigate the decades. It's a cold case. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, a drought-stricken town in australia i believe it's set there as well which is a great setting i have to say i like the setting because it's yeah all the shots and the cinematography of like the barren desert landscape which is one of the scarier things in australia besides the everything else um (laughs) is just that kind of idea that wildlife the fucking the idea the concept of the outback is like being lost in like the fucking western deserts of the u.s where you're just like Looks like there's no one around for 100 well, miles. Great. Shit. Much like the Looks Outback Looks like I'm going to have to drink out of a cactus. <laughs> I mean, that place scares Buy the shit out of me sometimes. Buy Onions. Have a fucking heart attack. I love Bloomin' Onions. Don't fatten out Bloomin' Onions. Um, 
never go to the Outback Steakhouse in uh, Clinton Hill, Ontario, Canada. Because um, even when you're sitting across from the bar and people can see that you're there, you won't get served for a long time. You won't get anyone coming to check on you uh, for like 45 minutes. <laughs> when you're here, we ignore you. That's their motto. That's Outback Steakhouse motto. Like Olive Garden. Outback Steakhouse. Go on a go on a spirit quest for service. <laughs> when you're here, you make your own food. <laughs> oh, what's no the uh, the yeah? Go on a walkabout to find one of our servers. <laughs> go find the green cube. <laughs> go get your green cube. Go get your green cube. <laughs> We're going to going to Wendigo to solve a murder. Go to Wendigo. Get my green cube. <laughs> That needs to be like menu items of the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> the Green Cube Steak. Walk it, walk it all on the highway. <laughs> Adventure. They have a Eight drink. days to Bendigo. <laughs> they have a drink called the Snake Bit My Penis. <laughs> my little, one little penis. sock will save your life. It's like when, it's like when Red Lobster came out with a fucking Dugarita. Oh what? Jesus Christ! Look it up. Yeah. Go yeah. look it up right now. The, no, lo- the Red Lobster Dugarita. I thought that was How Taco do you Bell. spell Dugarita? D-E-W Garita. Dugarita. Yeah, Mountain Dew Margarita. Oh, no. <laughs> I did not expect it to be a Mountain Dew Margarita. <laughs> but it's What's in does. here? It's... Am I drinking this tonight? Let's see. There is a how to drink... I uh, Side, I guess, random... Uh, promo for out of drink fucking he makes it it's um i think it's whiskey sour mix and it's a tequila midori sour mix triple sec freshly squeezed lime juice and mountain dew um sounds great how do i make this like i can't put mountain dew in the shaker that'll just foam out you Uh, pour it in after i've done this okay as a man who's made like Mountain Dew and Midori drinks before. You've seen my green concoctions on the fucking stream. Um, you yeah, you add it in after. I will right. I will make one. We will all have Dugaritas tonight. For the stream tonight, yep. Dugaritas. Dugaritas! We'll go, go, go to it. the store. <laughs> <laughs> go go to the liquor pause the episode, run out to the liquor store. <laughs> We're gonna get <laughs> Ain't no, ain't gonna be the dry at the stream tonight. That's no, for no. sure. <laughs> Kristen's gonna come home like, like just exhausted from work, and I'm gonna be like, Dugarita, Dugarita, fucking can't with you right now. Get out of my way. I'm having. I want a divorce. Leaves the ring on the like coffee table. Ouch. I don't want to tie my financial assets to this. <laughs> I want to be able to get out clean. <laughs> Too late. Your name's on the mortgage, sweetie. <laughs> uh, so you're going to have to wash these dugaritas down with some water, man, with a little black boy who goes on an adventure. To to find the the mystic healer, Ra Ra Rasputin. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so this little kid's actually a, a decent actor. Um, like I've seen him in uh, This Is Us, so he's got some acting uh, experience mm-hmm. to him. So hopefully he's not going to be dog shit. This doesn't look bad. It gives me major bridge to Terabithia yes, vibes. Yes, me too. 
Um, who's going to die in the end? I'm pretty sure. That, I was like, I'm looking at the girl. I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, she's going to die. Yeah, she? that's a little girl. Gonna, or the mom's going to die. Someone's going to die in this Somebody's going to die. You're not going to be okay. Yeah, the yeah. water man becomes anyone watching it in the theater as the tears stream down their face. Mm. Yep. So the little the little kids got a got a sick mom. That's the lesson of the movie. We were all the water man. <laughs> we were all the water the, man. the real water man is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> At the end credits, it's like you were the water man all along as you cry. <laughs> You're right, movie. Um, so the kids got a sick mom, and basically he hears about this legend of uh, the water man who's in the the forest, um, and he's a total myth. Who knows if he's real, and. Uh, he goes in with a with a friend, and they try to find uh, the Waterman. And they turn it out. Someone... They find it, and they turn out it's Adam Sandler. This is a sequel to The Water Boy. <laughs> He's grown up now. He's all grown up. I'm the Waterman. Hold <laughs> the water. Oh. That's, that's scarier than any. That's the scariest monster of all. Can we get a horror movie where the fucking monster is just Adam Sandler? Like why yeah. wasn't that Hubie Halloween? Wasn't why wasn't Hubie Halloween like a real horror movie where the villain is just an Adam Sandler character who Fucking... also murders people <laughs> or or annoys people to the point where they kill themselves? I think is I think it's already that. <laughs> Fucking Hubie Halloween! What? How dare you make me remember that schlock? <laughs> Halloween. You put that back into my mind. I put that in the trash. That's like pulling my fucking dinner out of the trash and serving it back to me next day of breakfast. Well, maybe if someone didn't make me go way back into the vaults to pull out Brad Grammar, <laughs> I wouldn't have had to come across. Is that like Tune Commons curse? Like you break the seal on his memory, and we're all yes. just we're all destined to watch Adam Sandler movies forever now. That sounds like the worst Ret- Egyptian curse Return ever. the slab. <laughs> What's your offer? <laughs> Return the grammar. Return the, the grammar. grammar. <laughs> oh, man. And it's just Hubie Halloween. Just <laughs> Call me Hubie Halloween. It's just Hubie looking at you menacingly. God damn it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, little little black boy goes into the forest, finds a... Uh, a water jug and some uh, and some footballs uh, and uh, and a slightly autistic uh, full grown man who tries to slightly play football <laughs> and then gets taken advantage of by a, a normal uh, goth girl. and then he gets power bombed by Captain Sano yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so that's that movie uh, speaking of uh, slightly autistic men uh, F nine. <laughs> This <laughs> has uh, another trailer out. Live my life one chromosome <laughs> at a time. <laughs> uh, the family. Don't turn your back oh, on family. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Nothing's more important than family. Neglects to mention he has a brother for eight fucking movies. <laughs> Man, it's almost like if I had a brother that I turned my back on, but I would never do that. Because you guys are my family. It's about family. Brother. For instance, my parents were family since they were children. Maybe it was just because John Cena is so invisible. He can't see his brother. So he forgets about his brother. He's like, so just because I, think- I was invincible, does- invisible doesn't mean you can forget about me. If he does this during the movie, I fucking quit. 
I, I mean, uh, Roman Reigns Superman punches a dude in the fucking la- in the. He, he did Hobbs. the ooh in uh, Hobbs and Shaw, mm-hmm. and he did spear a guy. Um, so there's a chance. <laughs> um, uh, Cena and Vin Diesel look not at all like they could possibly be related. <laughs> <laughs> They are different completely ethnic- different facial features uh, and builds. They gotta be different ethnicities too, right? I mean, like, what is Vin Diesel? Some like, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin with Vin Diesel. I think it was created in a lab. I don't know what is Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. And then John Cena is just all American. Just yeah, he's one of the part of the colonies. Vin Diesel. Mark Sinclair, known professionally as Vin Diesel. God, how do you get from Mark Sinclair to Vin Diesel? Like, why would you have to change it? Like, Mark Sinclair, that sounds like a movie star name. Yeah. Why, why would you does think it you sound like Vin a man Diesel? who is going to be in Chronicles of Riddick? Well, Vin Diesel... I mean, Chronicles of Riddick's... I mean, Riddick's name is Richard B. Riddick. So, like... <laughs> Dick Riddick. Um... Yeah. I mean, Vin Diesel, like, he knew he was going to be in car movies, so he had to change his name to something that had to deal just Diesel with power. Vin, yeah. Vin number diesel engine. It just says, <laughs> it just says that D is, uh, he's American, and it doesn't uh, say that he's of whatever descent. Usually they have that on, uh, oh, Diesel has stated that he is of ambiguous ethnicity. What the his fuck mother, does that mean? <laughs> his mother has English, German, and Scottish roots. He's never met his biological father and has stated that all I know from my mother is that I have connections to many different cultures. Diesel is self-identified as definitely a person of color, in quotes. <laughs> He's and mis- has stated that his he- parents' relationship would have been illegal in parts of the United States due to anti- mis- He may actually I- be. Mr. Worldwide. Wait, is he? It's like I'm not it, familiar with what this is. Is Vin Diesel um, like the first one to be like I identify? Oh, as inter, a, inter, interracial marriage. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he pulled the logic on biracial before logic did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's in this movie with John's with John Connecticut Cena. All right, so I guess yeah. John Cena could have been uh, like maybe related to him. Oh gosh. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from this trailer, I mean, it's just all the stupid, insane, fast and furious shit you've oh, ever seen. Yeah. Like the one where, the, like Vin Diesel fucking takes out a jet by wrecking a semi truck off of a cliff. But the big takeaway here, and like everyone's saying the same thing, like the only place they can go from here is space. Yeah. And it looks like they go to fucking space yeah. in this movie. It does. I, I think I think they're gonna do it because they are they are in a like it, fucking it DeLorean like a fucking looking motherfucker. Car. It looks like a it's, car. It's a car with rocket boosters on it. That is a hundred percent what it is. <laughs> and then they attach it to a jet. I don't know how. And they're in like old fucking scuba diver suits going to space. Like my one hope is that like for one moment like they disregard completely the physics of Earth, but they respect the physics of space completely and when they breach the atmosphere like their heads explode from explosive Neil deGrasse Tyson has entered the chat <laughs> he's just gonna like tear this movie apart and then that's it there's no, no fast he, and furious oh, he's gotta come in off of the ISS. 
He's like, yes. uh, call me Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> so I, I went back and I watched that scene. This is on the fucking like control Blast panel. Off. And it's just a masking tape with Blast Off on it and Sharpie. <laughs> so they're a hundred thousand percent going to space. The one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Can this be a, can this be a heist to steal Elon Musk's space Tesla? No, they're gonna take over the Starlink satellites. <laughs> How do we drive a car in space? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised With if they family. did. Reference I live my Tesla life ten parsecs at a time. <laughs> oh Jesus! The one uh, Solo was a bad movie, but the one thing I give them credit for is trying to make sense of that this mm-hmm. this quote but it was bad <laughs> uh so after this tragedy we have another tragedy where uh, a bunch of meatheads go into vegas and kill some dead people in army um, of the dead we got a full trailer. all i want is i want a full movie of dave batista the short order cook yeah. yeah right <laughs> I, I can we just get yeah i want john favreau's chefs i want chefs too with john with, with dave batista not john batista john that's him and cena do the fusion dance <laughs> yeah so uh so we see batista as a short order cook he's obviously the main character of this movie um and then they i guess are contracted to go into vegas and mm-hmm. go into a casino or some shit, and they have like a forty-eight hours to go into the vault and get like <clears throat> five hundred million dollars in cash. But the trick is, it's surrounded by a bunch of smart zombies. Zumblers, yeah, yeah. The zombies—they're organized now. They're like the chickens and Chicken Run. They've unionized. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. It it don't it don't look great. There's a zombie tiger, so that's uh, a plus. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of uh, Zack Snyder's Edge Lord fan fiction style of filmmaking, mm-hmm. you'll probably enjoy this. So, um, there's one thing I want out of this. There's the one thing I want out of this is I want them to strap a Browning machine gun to a roulette table and spin around, shooting everyone in the room. As it rotates, that would be that's that's what I want from this movie. That's that I feel like that's a little too creative for uh, Mr. Snyder. That's right. He peaked with Tiger, that was also a zombie. Uh, yes, that's we, that's the level of like that Zack Snyder creativity that I feel is is you know that's that's the sort of thing we're gonna get. Mm-hmm. But like we're not gonna get. I don't think they're gonna utilize the Vegas setting. Uh, as creatively as they could. Yeah, this this might not be the Dead Rising two, you know, cinemization that we've been looking for. Oh, Dead yeah. Rising! What a game! Although there is the German dude who has the bat with nails in it. So, um, not that the Dead Rising guy was German, but he did have a bat with nails in it. Mm-hmm. I think I think Zack Snyder just played like Dead Rising two and said, "Let's do it. <laughs> this this is gonna make this me thing. a lot of money." Zack Snyder preparing for a movie? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, speaking of German dudes, uh, we got one here for uh, Mr. McMickelson. The maddest Mickelson. Mr. Oh. Mads Mickelson. 
uh, in riders. Is it of, in the cold? Huh? Is it is the setting somewhere cold? Is it an Arctic? Setting? Uh, suburban Germany. Um, it is if it's riders. Area that can be kind of chilly. That's fair. <laughs> uh, riders of Justice, uh, which looks like an actually interesting movie. Um, I guess so. So a little backstory here, I guess, is this is a Anders Thomas Jensen movie, which I guess he is like a black comedy kind of director. Um, but they kind of, I guess, they directed black this. comedy as in like dark comedy, dark comedy, like yep. comedy with black people. Yes, right. okay, we, I um, feel like we have to specify these days. That is fair. Um, but the trailer made this look like an action movie. I'll, I'll share it with you. So um, basically, the plot is. Um, Mads Mikkelsen, wife and daughter, die in, like, a train attack bombing thing. Um, and he's approached by two guys who are also on the train. They're like, this wasn't an accident. This was a hit on a on a biker gang leader. And we need to get back at the, you know, we need to get into this war and get, re- get revenge for our people who died. So it is um, one spec ops, like, you know, hard army guy and three, like, suburban dads, you know. <laughs> go out on the grill dad and they're trying to take on like the riders of justice this biker gang and it looks like it's actually pretty well put together and like uh yeah i mean uh, mad middleson's good actor He's he looks like kratos in this which of, is great yeah bring a lot of gravitas to yeah to the I, film he's in i look up the trailer it it looks pretty fucking crazy mm-hmm like I would never yeah. watch a German movie because I don't, I don't like the Germans, uh, and honestly, speak English. Uh, just, he said just, to his two German co-hosts, <laughs> uh, "Germans can go die, die a long, painful death." Um, just, just speak English. Just don't use angry, gross language. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny because "gross" is is big. Means big in German. Did, Gross. Did you? Uh, yeah, it is. You, yeah, your language is big. Big, too long. Did, shorten it. I German words are so fun though. Like you have, Hanschua is glove. It's a hand literal translation handshoe, and uh, refrigerator literally translates as cold closet. Just say glove. <laughs> well, we're gonna turn it, Jake. But you can't take closet. you can't take your language advice from TikTok videos. Otherwise, we'll all just be like, ah, change it. That's like it'll, I'll be I'll be in my interview and I'll be like, we'll all just be speaking Simlish. That's right. Yeah. Back spooky. We're headed to and all world languages just speak Simlish. Bring back Latin. Hashtag. Bring Hashtag bring back Latin. Latin. <laughs> I'm I'm for it. I'm for it, my guy. So this is uh, this is a good port to moment because um, I will watch this movie instead of what Mads Mikkelsen is working on this to do. So he has work before he gets into his next feature, which will be Indiana Jones Five. I don't know why they skipped to five, but. They just yeah, did. Yeah, that's weird. Why would you skip over four like that? I feel like you had it would have been a Harrison Ford progression. He's beyond dinosaur bones right now. How are you gonna make an Indiana Jones movie at this stage of the game? 
Well, he can be old and retired, and then, I don't know, maybe have an apprentice. Uh, I wouldn't cast anyone, like, you know, recognizable. Certainly not, like, a Shia LaBeouf or someone who was, like, big at the time, because that would age the movie poorly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, and you probably shouldn't, like, have a bunch of characters from Raiders return uh, and and not really serve any purpose. Which is funny, because they uh, absolutely will. Because this is a soft certainly reboot. don't don't have a scene where Andy survives a nuclear explosion by hiding in a lead line fridge, because um, that would just be. I mean, there's jumping the shark. Like I don't feel like that. I feel like nuking the fridge could potentially replace jumping the shark as a, a way to denote when and the movie has gone fridge. way off the rails. Um, and that would not be befitting of the Indiana Jones franchise. So I'm, I, I hope they don't do anything like that. I just, I just don't know what the fuck they're gonna do for this movie. It's so dependent on Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. Are well, they going to just give up the ghost and just recast Indy? Who would they do it as? Who's gonna be a swash? Who? Joaquin Phoenix. He played young Indiana Jones in uh, Last Crusade. Is he going to be a swashbuckling That was actually his adventure? film debut, I believe. You know what the deal is? <laughs> oh, what's he gonna? He's gonna. He's gonna go find the mask. You're awful, Marion. <laughs> Shoots her. Um, yeah, maybe he finds the mask, and we get the crossover between Joker and the mask. It's like yes. Freddy versus Jason, but uh, with more levity. The Mask versus Joker. Oh, speaking of Batman villains, uh, Mad Hatter. Uh, I don't know what this movie. I don't know what oh, this movie is. Okay, that's the name of the movie. I'm like, end. No, it's just the Mad Hatter. Uh, not uh, specifically not a DC thing. This is just it. Just has that name on it. Um, kids go to house. Kind of go insane. Um, there's a guy who's like doing things to him horror scary this movie it's the mad hatter i don't i don't don't, there's lava there's lava creatures are there any like references to uh in wonderland not really not that i know of not obvious ones yeah this looks like a pretty by the numbers horror film it's just a movie. Go watch it in theaters or don't. Wow, spooky. When is it coming out? Like May? Get a nice May horror movie? Yeah, yeah May 18th. <laughs> nice. May 18th. May 18th. Like, look um, at. Then... Skip to the end, like the last, like, oh, 30 seconds, um, and look at the monsters. The monsters. I wish. The monsters may have taken the talent from the screenwriter. The flame, the flame guy. Yeah. Flame on. So he said it. Yeah, they're just like all, like made of embers for some reason. Because I'm betting because the house burned down and they burned down with it, like. Probably. Whoa. Wow. I get it. Just like I get. Kill me now. Concept. That is the hitman's wife's bodyguard. 
I see. I I see the naming scheme now. Yes, and it's um, probably gonna so be like the it's Hitman's the sequel to the Hitman's Bodyguard. So, um, if you wanted that, like I like the Hitman's Bodyguard, it was a pretty good movie. I don't know that I wanted a sequel, but that's Hollywood now. All we do is sequels and remakes, and uh, yeah, they make a joke about movies. that in Coming to America. <laughs> I was gonna say remakes the movies and you don't want. <laughs> Wait, what the? Um, all right, I'm sorry, I got off track here. I was. I was looking at other trailers. Um, so remember that movie last year, Connected, where it was like the family road trip, but they fight Skynet instead? Yeah. Yes. I think I they do. renamed it because now it's called The Mitchells versus The Machines. All right. Well, that makes a bit more sense as a title. What was it before? It was called Connected. Oh. Yeah. Because um, that makes it sound like a much, like a family movie. And this makes it sound like what it is. <laughs> Very on the nose, like. Um, just wanted yeah. to share that. That that was just weird to me. All right. Well, now that my uh, my intro to the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is uh, ruined, derailed, thanks. Absolutely destroyed. ruined. <laughs> I have lost my train of thought. Uh, and so I... Selma Hayek is in this movie now. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds is on sabbatical because he he's, has a recurring nightmare. And his therapist is like, you need to stop bodyguarding for a little bit. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. But of course, you can't escape hijinks. And he gets pulled back in. But he's he's not allowed to do any bodyguarding. So he can't shoot anyone. So he, he does things like pepper spray them. And it's it's going to be another fun action comedy like uh, Hitman's Bodyguard was. Yeah, I um, think this is actually going to be pretty cool because um, it adds the restriction that uh, Ryan Reynolds is going to have to find other ways of uh, incapacitating. Yes, it sets you up to, be, to, to have a lot of creative scenes. Yeah, um, I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, find goofy ways... I sure I really fun. enjoyed the Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, I I it was just a, a real fun jaunt, and uh, I I'm not angry that they're doing it again. <laughs> cool. I ain't mad at it, <laughs> and I think it'll be pretty good. And uh, you know, I I like the the creative premise. I think Selma Hayek as the like really gung ho wife who wants to just like rush into to dangerous situations is gonna be a very nice uh character to play off uh purposefully restrained ryan reynolds mm-hmm. and uh you know I, I have expectations that this will be a fun movie and good on sam jackson for still being in action movies that what i assume is 75 years old <laughs> He's yeah. Well, let me look how. Let's figure out how, how old he is because he is. He's seventy two. He was December twenty first, nineteen forty eight. Seventy two years don't old. Don't crack. Washington D.C. It's amazing. Yeah, that and uh, it, the a. Uh, oh, he's been with Hollywood. his wife for thirty one years. Good for Good him. For them. Um, yeah, Blacktone crack and Hollywood makeup teams are competent too. Yes, I mean the Hollywood makeup teams can can make me look young again, after my youth has slowly faded from me. I'm aging into my face. I've looked, I think, I've looked like uh, twenty six for the past seven years of my life. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm now 26, so I've just kind of aged into my face. I feel like my face just gets larger. I looked at, I was looking in the mirror last night. I'm like, Peter, your face is too large. <laughs> well, as uh, Bill Burr says, it's all the boozing. You get that big Alec Baldwin, <laughs> John Travolta head. <laughs> it's a nice swelling. It's like a fish You're leaning in because you're feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, did any of y'all see a trailer for Jupiter's Legacy? Cause is that the sequel to Jupiter Ascending? Uh, no, it is. Say, Mila Kunis will not be. Mr. Mila Kunis will not be appearing in this film. Um, Mila Kunis will not return. Uh, this was. This is another. Uh, what if superhero, but not great. Uh, movie um it's a netflix original because they they needed something to compete um oh dear it's not so instead of straight up like what if superman but bad um it's like what if superman but morally ambiguous so like i guess in the 50s isn't that just black adam (laughs) yeah i don't know um so these I guess a long time ago in a galaxy far far away um, a bunch of people go onto an island and they get the powers of Jupiter or some shit I guess fuck um, and they become superheroes and they do superhero stuff um, and they're trying to raise the next generation of superheroes but they're like man you weren't the best and they're like no but back in my day a superhero could be a superhero now I'm getting cancelled on Twitter <laughs> And we're all old. Superheroes are yeah. old. And it's hard. It's, uh, the uh, the what if superhero, but bad or like realistic consequences, is really in vogue right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which makes it harder to do a certain thing. Like, uh, first off, make the irredeemable miniseries. Like, the whole comic was only. 30 something issues like you can do the whole story you should do it now while it's like in vogue to have bad superman mm. uh Didn't... but second off like it it the more that this is out there like the more you're exposed to it the less shocking and impactful it is yeah true mm-hmm. now i'm thinking about this and it brought back a memory didn't didn't like Superman in the '90s animated show? Didn't he have like a whole fucking episode on this? Wasn't that the Livewire episode? Am I? Uh, am I what about where like it... Livewire originally was like a Superman critic who was like he's not yes. a good person and yeah, has to like she, deal she with his public like image? The, the JJ J Jonah Jameson uh, to his Spider Man. She would go on his her radio show and uh, talk Mm -hmm. a lot of shit and then she got turned into a super villain and she has the most annoying voice actress in the history of the world well I wanted to to punch myself in the face every time she said I'm live wire now it was really fucking annoying but um, 
I guess my point is like this is something that has been addressed, and it's addressed in yes, it's been done before. Every- but like it, everything in comics has been done before. They've been going on for like a hundred years. Yeah, a million different people have written comics. Like, there's no real new ground to tread. You just gotta like mix the ideas in kind of newish ways and and put a nice little garnish on it for your Dugarita. Um. <laughs> so we're saying Jupiter's legacy. The Dugarita of superhero movies. Yeah. Precisely. I like that. Uh, except I will not be drinking this up on my streaming service. Because fucking net. Is anyone. Is for either of you guys. Has I No, I asked this and it has not. Um, I asked this a while ago. I was like, has Netflix fallen by the wayside for you guys? And you guys are still watching stuff on it. I have not been like tuning into Netflix. I don't watch a ton on there. Mostly just like Ash vs. Evil Dead and Power Rangers. Um, so they put Community on there. I've been watching that. Oh, um, yeah, I love Community. That was a good one. I watched it on Hulu when it was on there. I might watch it on there. It's nice to, like, get shows to, like, download on uh, on Netflix. Um, I was watching Shameless on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of bingeable, like, TV shows. And every now and then it comes out with a nice, like, uh, original series or something like that. That's pretty good. Like Castlevania. I mean, we love to binge watch that shit. The the first couple seasons, yeah. Yeah. Now we just force ourselves to watch it. I mean, it just it just became weird, kinky Game of Thrones, which I guess is just Game of Thrones. Um. Mm. Yeah. Um. So I, there are other trailers, but I don't really care. There's like Monday, which is, um, I can sum it up with like a, a jpeg image like think of the image of a woman on the back of a motorcycle sticking her arms up in the air at night as they drive through the the nightlit streets and going woo it's that movie <laughs> summed up in one image um and then there's flashback which is drugs drugs and going back and trying to find your dead friend from high school but Maybe there's reality bending powers. I don't know. It's freaky. It's drugs. Freaky Friday. Isn't being in an office like a prison in your mind? And you want to break out? <laughs> the conformity of modern life. No one's ever <laughs> ragged on that before. No one's ever said that working in an office is is bad and you should burn it down and start it go to work at a construction company no one no one oh, yeah. has ever done that certainly not a guy who liked his stapler stapler <laughs> fucking god all right put this shit away um we gotta move on to what the fuck is going on right now in movies unless y'all have anything else no i'm quite content to move on um Beautiful. so we've got Godzilla versus King Kong holding down the number one spot for week 15 of the 2021 domestic box office. $16 million. It's made $334 million worldwide, which I think is what uh, King of the Monsters made, actually. Um, wow. $74 million domestic, $268 million worldwide international. These are like real numbers. It's kind of Yeah, I, I did hear about see. that. This is like, like Godzilla vs. King Kong was like something that was un- un- unexpected. And um, maybe the possible resurgence of movie theaters coming back, that, that people still want them. 
Um, you know, even though we can get it in our TVs, we, you know, we still like the movie theater aspect of it. The yeah, I, I mean, I don't want movie theaters excitement. to die. I will say that I do enjoy I do. the uh, direct to uh, consumer uh, model. Like I, I, I've enjoyed the Warner Brothers movies coming out on HBO Max. I've gotten to watch a lot more movies than I otherwise would have. Um, yeah, but I nice. do understand it fucks over like the movie studios, and I don't think it's a sustainable model for movies. I mean, it's gonna have to change because like movie theaters, even if they do come back in some capacity, it's not gonna be like it was. Um, yeah. I mean, business was already declining for a long time, and then you know, COVID happened, and it just went all the way down. And maybe it gets a a bit of a dead cat bounce once things open back up. And people are like, oh, I haven't been to the movie theaters in over a year. I got to go see F9 in theaters. <laughs> um, but they want a summer blockbuster. We'll see think, what comes uh, out and is that. I think it's going to have to change a little bit. And I, the, the model of um, how that business is going to work is going to be interesting. I don't know that studios are really being hurt as much as like people who like actors and directors who like have part of their payment stipulated as being uh x percentage of the gross of the movie are being hurt a little bit more than that and of course movie theaters are being hurt because no there's no movies being shown <laughs> yeah. and they have all these fucking leases they have to pay still um but it's the economics of movies are, are changing. They were changing before. Uh, this is just going to accelerate the change, I think. And uh, I don't know if it's going to look like HBO Max's uh, model moving forward or if it's going to be more of the uh, you know $20 rental direct-to-consumer sort of stuff. But I think we're going to see a bigger shift in that direction in the coming years. For better or worse, I don't movie, really know. Movie Pass like a hundred percent closed up, right? Yeah, I think they're. They, dead they did that now. before COVID. Yeah. God, I can only imagine if they were like still alive and hopping around during COVID. <laughs> they were just full panic I mean, mode. If COVID, if if they didn't die to their own questionable business practices, uh, hubris, <laughs> they would have. When they cut the price to ten dollars, man, that was—I mean, it got a lot of people in, myself included. But like, it wasn't sustainable. It's like <laughs> Blockbuster getting rid of late fees. That's what did it? That was most of their business. <laughs> yeah, they said it. They said it literally cut their profits down to a third. I watched the documentary that's on Netflix. Yeah, the last Blockbuster that was actually pretty decent. Uh, nobody in second, three and a half million. The unholy. 3.1 million, good enough for third, down a spot from last week. Raya, the last dragon, holding on to the, f- and the last dragon, holding on to the fourth spot, 2.6 million dollars. Voyagers opens in fifth with 1.7 million dollars. That is a crew of astronauts. Oh, that's the one. Uh, oh, the stowaway. That yeah. would have definitely not have ever happened in real no. life. No, this is, is it, no, this oh, is, is the, the fuck fest. This is the oh, okay. The, the space oh, right, fuck fest. right. Yo, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I remember. 
They're just fucking like Big Brother in space or whatever. <laughs> Horny teens on a space cruise. What could go wrong on MTV's sense. Voyagers? <laughs> All my TikTok ads are like Voyagers and these two people who are like making out and they're like, Ugh. and I'm like, oh God, what is this fucking movie? I remember, oh yeah, it's in space. And it's a fuck fest. <laughs> No, not about the stowaway. It's M- it's MTV's new dating show, Voyagers. We took a bunch of horny teens and locked them in a spaceship. I mean, let's call it now, 2060? 2060, that'll be a, a high-profile thing? Like, Yeah, sponsored by Blue Origin or some shit? I'll be sad if fucking MTV still exists in 2016. Yeah. But whatever, whatever vestige of reality TV remains, it will be... These 12 contestants get the chance of a lifetime going up into space. But can they survive each other? Who's going to get blasted off in out of this world? I like the uh, I like the South Park idea of reality TV where it's just Earth and it's just live footage of Earth shown to aliens. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I what think, will they do next? Start another world war? Tune in next year. It's like y'all ever find that? St- y'all find you ever find that uh, that channel on um, on your hotel TV where it's just CCTV footage of like the busy intersections downtown? No, I don't. I don't think no, that I've encountered really that multiple times where it's just like here's footage of the city, here's uh, security cam footage. It's a channel on cable. Go watch. I find on Twitch, but there's a Twitch channel like that too. Mm-hmm. So there is reality TV right there for you. Yeah, oh, man, it's a uh, sad state of affairs. Um, next up, Tom and Jerry in theaters. I guess people watch this in theaters. Oh my god, why? Uh, One point four million dollars. How much money is this made? It's made a hundred million dollars worldwide. Hundred million dollars. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, the girl who believes in miracles down in seventh, seven hundred and twenty-three thousand dollars. Courier, uh, eight six hundred fourteen k. Chaos walking three hundred sixty-five k. How bad did this bomb? Twenty-one million dollars worldwide. Gotta imagine the budget was pretty high on that. Oof. Oof. Um, Crude's a new age in tenth. Um, <laughs> Crude's new age. It's the new war of grandpa. It's still in the top ten. Twenty one weeks in. Twenty weeks. Wow. And it made a lot more money than the war of grandpa. It made one hundred sixty three million dollars worldwide so far. Um, speaking of war of grandpa, let's see if we can find it on here. Oh, 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 got it. Sound good. 23 in week 27. It's in 23rd place. $30,000. It only went down 1.7%. It's still in 255 theaters. That's insane. That is literally insane. Oh my god! But none of those movies are a spotlight movie. No, we have to. T- we none of these. We've talked about a lot of these movies and Voyagers. Uh, I don't think had enough reviews yet. Um. So instead, we're going to talk about Boogie, our, Boogie. Uh, our movie about <laughs> Alfred Chin, a 
Asian basketball player who who has to choose between being Asian and being a basketball player because no Asian has ever played basketball before. Certainly not a very famous, very tall Asian man who made China the, or basketball the most popular sport in China. Seriously, if you work in the technical field, ask your Chinese coworker if they like basketball and they will talk to you about basketball a lot. <laughs> I feel like um but it is like yeah, shit. the Yao Meng experiment experiment was a roaring success for everyone involved. Um so it has a forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, fifty three percent on Metacritic, five point one on IMDB. But we all know professional critics can't be trusted. They have agendas, they they're on the take from these studios. Um so we have to go to real reviewers. Real people, real reviewer traits. They uh they escape from cages that they can't see through to write their IMDb user reviews. <laughs> um, such as Aaron Kim Kim J. Aaron, Aaron Kim J. Uh, his review of Boogie. Boogie. Uh, 10 out of 10. I liked it. Good. It wasn't trying to be some epic tale or some feel-good cheesy film Alfred had good composure for the part and the editing made the line delivery and story pacing feel smooth what how does editing affect either of that I also like that the film was short and doesn't spend excess time in unnecessary subplots I got warrior vibes from Perry Young so that was cool Takahashi was going for the cocky high schooler, and that came off well. I just don't think America likes when Asians are too confident, so it may irk some viewers. <laughs> Tyler Page was a great leading actress, reminded me of woke black women I have interacted with in my past. Okay. Two out of five. Found that helpful. I think the amount of money crazy rich Asians made kind of kind of pokes a hole in the theory about how Americans don't. Also, like there are a lot of Asians in America. <laughs> in fact, it, it's it's almost people. like a a big point of contention at the moment. There's some things going around with regards to Asians right now that it's a, an important part of our culture that we got to deal with. Maybe. Yeah. Good. That's crazy. Goodness okay. gracious. Well, Great balls well, of fire. I'm here to see what the what the middling the the meh the meh what? reviews are. Wait, starting are you, with no. Negative you go down to the fucking bottom of the list. You pick out that one star I, and you tell us how it's actually should have been a three star, but they gave it a one star instead. No, but there's only a one 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 star. So I'm sorry. But there's several two. two stars. Oh, okay. But that's not a middling have... review. That's a negative review. It says meh. But it says meh. That's what. Okay. Sorry, I said meh. Does it say I, meh I with two exclamation points? Oh no. We we're about to say like. Is there more mehs? <laughs> there's another one that goes meh. Oh. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> I'm not gonna read well, good that to know. one. All right. So this is just normal meh. Uh, so these reviews aren't really that great. I was expecting more. I was expecting more Asian hate from my my one and two star reviews. So I'm kind of disappointed. Not gonna lie. Um, maybe I might hop up to three. Who knows? But meh, 
It was awful. What more can I say? I was honestly rooting for it, but I was bored the entire time. Seven out of twelve found that helpful. You know what? That wasn't enough. One star. The only other one star. Worst movie ever! Okay. BS movie. Made no sense. Everything is all over the place. Do not watch unless you want to join Pop Smoke! They, they all talk about Pop Smoke. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of exclamation in, the, in this one, so. Beautiful. There's the lowest of the rated. Everyone knows wants to know. Um, now, I get the middling one. Yeah, um, right, a lot of these were, a lot of these were, uh, like, just spoiler filled. It was like, I don't, cause, and that usually means that they're really fucking long. And I don't want to deal with that. Even though this one's going to be, all right, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I'm just going to talk about this goddamn five out of ten review by Sveidman. Sveidman? Um, it's like Swede man, but the I and the E were switched. Uh, 28016. Um, annoying. Uh, and it's a quote from the movie here. It makes me think if we really have meaning in our life or if we're just playing a game. Boogie is the coming of age story of Alfred Boogie Chin, a basketball phenom living in Queens, New York, who dreams of one day playing in the NBA. While his parents pressure him, of the movie. <laughs> this is the first. This is the yeah, the first pair. This is two paragraphs here. They just ripped the description from IMDb. Oh, is this what? Oh, is yes, this what? that's literally what the description is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, while his parents pressure him to focus on earning a scholarship to an elite college, Boogie must find a way to navigate a new girlfriend, high school encore rivals, and the burden of expectation. In theory, this does sound like a good idea. I like the exploration of heritage and navigating through life. The script does have some fine dialogue that motivates this. But as a whole, Boogie is more of a disappointment. I can't really say disappointment, since I went into this hardly any knowledge of what it would be about. The beginning sets up nicely. It felt like it would be a feel-good sort of movie. Everything just seems to go on repeat after a while. Not, necessar not necessarily in the plot, but rather the characters. The characters are the biggest issue here. I found all of them to be intolerable. There are hardly any good traits to be found. Boogie is a foolish person that cares only about sports. Usually you see change when it comes to character, but I saw little to no change here. I understand that some of what he wants, but I just got annoyed by him. The movie is pretty boring since there's not much change. I felt more like I was watching than experiencing. At times I did feel entertained, but then it would fall back into the slump. Once again, the script isn't too bad and has all the right topics, but with the practicability and annoying characters, Boogie becomes something to be forgotten. One out of two found this helpful. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I've got a seven out of ten because shocker shocks, there weren't a lot of <laughs> positive reviews. There's not a lot. Not, not a lot. Of, not a lot here. Uh, just in general, it's a lull. Um, enjoyable from Ra Rachel and Stevens. Not sure what's with the lackluster ratings, but my husband and I enjoyed this film. My husband, who is and ABC with parents from Taiwan, and comma and whose first language is Mandarin, comma said that the lead actor's Mandarin was horrible. I don't speak Mandarin, and I'm white, so that doesn't change my perception of the film. You could have just stopped that. I don't speak Mandarin. <laughs> 
I wish that coming-of-age movies based on the lives of high schoolers would actually cast teens. The main character's girlfriend, in reality, is 30. Pop Smoke was 20. These people are just too old to be playing these characters, which makes them feel much more adult and mature than they'd be in reality. While Eddie Huang, uh, the writer, may claim the story is for minorities, I see it more as something poor and lower middle class people of any race can relate to. Struggling to grow up with parents who are stressed due to finances and are looking for their kid to save kid to save them from their own mistakes. Parents who live vicariously through their kids because they ruined their own chances to do something big. There's a lot of pressure on young adults who are trying to navigate so many firsts, like jobs, relationships, and beginning of adulthood while trying to be strong for their family. Well, I don't know how realistic the scenario is that people have a realistic chance to be signed into the Chinese Basketball Association. I think for this story, it felt plausible. Would recommend. 5 out of 12 found it helpful. I did not know there's a Chinese Basketball Association. Oh, yeah. Okay. It is. I think, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, so it's, I think I it's pretty close to the NBA in terms of, like, gross profit. Okay. Because everyone in China goes nuts for basketball okay it's yeah. the china i got you okay so by chinese basketball association you mean basketball association of people in china i see yes okay which does bring in a lot of washed up nba guys yeah because uh, they can Maybe. still play over there <laughs> <laughs> makes sense but cool Skill level i did not know that and now i know the more you know with Saturn Suds. If you don't so, know, now you know. I'm creeping up into uh, into middling territory. Sorry, guys. Uh, three out of ten from Aboso64. Dreadful and dull equals dreadfully dull. <laughs> God. <laughs> dreadful plus dull like, equals dreadfully dull. Yeah, it's uh, that's smart. That's smart. That's a smart fucking title. The camera crew knew what they were doing. It's well shot, I'll give it that much. The writing, it bad. The direction is bad. I'm assuming Eddie Huang either has money or knows people with money because that's the only way slop like this gets financed. The lead is sullen. Almost everyone is unappealing and there's zero tension. Even the cliched final game lacks any sort of suspense. It's clear that the only reason this got a theatrical release is the pandemic has made theaters desperate for product and better films still want to make some money. So they're waiting. This is filler. Wait for it to show on some streaming service, then skip it. <laughs> 22 out of 31 found that helpful. It's funny because both 3 out of 10s mentioned that at the end of their review. Wait for it to go on a streaming service. <laughs> Don't waste your time. I mean, yeah, it's it's going there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Straight to streaming service. All right, so that's the follow-up. Oh, that's I Boogie. Get it. Oh, I'm sorry. I you, do got one yeah, more. Um, although I, I, I get about so, Peter. So I'm so tempted it, it, to <laughs> skip it because the title. So this is from boring. Cosby Don. Um, but the title is a name that I'm going to put in the chat because I believe it's a Chinese phrase. I'm going to butcher it. Uh, so I need to let everyone know that I'm about to butcher the name of this review. Um, it, I believe I'm going to do my best, but it's going to be something like Jege Shibu Hao. That sounds pretty close. If it's 50%, I'll take it. Um, anyways, uh, here's the review four out of 10. I like fresh off the boat. 
I like Eddie Wong on Vice. I did not like this movie. It started off okay, but soon got cheesy and downright terrible. The best scene was when the dad arrived home and caught his wife discussing their son's future with the agent. Now, why a wife would invite an agent home like that? Agent. Um, without anyone there is beyond me. But at least it was tense. The dynamic between the main character and the black chick was okay. Surprised that he's tough throughout the movie. When, when Then when it came to sex, he was insecure, LMAO. I guess it's character development. There was zero tension between the main guy and Pop Smoke. It was just too forced and there was no development for that. I guess it just set up for the cliched basketball game ending, where all problems are solved by winning the game. That entire sequence was filmed and edited very badly. I actually laughed out loud when, after the coach yelled at the main character for causing problems at their school game, he suddenly showed up and coached at the tournament game. What?! Poo Smoke was pretty much there to look and sound evil and get extreme close-ups of him grilling the camera or something. I'm pretty sure Poo Smoke is a typo. Yeah, pop, to pop yeah. Smoke, but that's... I don't know. Um, Just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. How it's how the cookie crumbles. Uh, hey, I would have hit a fat paycheck to do that too. Eddie Wong, you are the man for Fresh Off the Boat and your Bice specials. Not Bice, but Bice. But this could have been way better. Uh, three out of seven found it helpful all right well that's 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 the follow-up that's boogie that's what we that's what we got boogie woogie woogie loving that's what we got so remember that um gaming news not a whole lot going on in the gaming world this week unfortunately but five new games are being given away on Epic Games Store, first up, Deponia, The Complete Journey. It's a bundling of the Deponia trilogy, hence technically three games, but whatever. Um, actually, five, I guess. The following follows the slapstick adventures of a self-absorbed idiot named Rufus who desperately wants to escape the garbage world he lives in. Second and third game in the series are uneven, but the first is fun and funny, includes well enough. If you're looking to be playing that, um, yeah, there just really wasn't a whole lot going on this week, unfortunately. Um, uh, I think at the end of April, uh, Pokemon Snap comes out. That's true. It's not really news; it's just it's a fact. Pokemon it's coming out. Pokemon Snap too. Do they have Pokemon Snoop coming out? New Gotta Pokemon smoke them all. Snap. I don't know. Pokemon Snoop, no. <laughs> sad just go get your pokemon snap 2 on nintendo switch um and watch out for any other sales i, I did hear that there are some uh some more switch store sales going on oh, yeah there were some uh, sales going on there's the square enix publisher sale that just ended a little bit they ago they need to make up their uh, money for balan wonderland band bandai namco uh had their stuff on sale recently uh doom eternal was on sale so i don't know if that whole Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Bethesda. Yeah, all their stuff was Bethesda on sale, too. Okay, cool. Um, A lot of the Bethesda games don't run great on Switch. Um, I wonder how I wonder how uh, 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 Doom... So, my sister, on. Hillary, her, like, main gaming platform is uh, her Switch Lite. And uh, I guess because of the Switch's limitations... There are fewer demons on screen at a time, 
so oh, it's really? a lot easier on the Switch version. So if, oh, if you found Doom Eternal to be too difficult, which <laughs> there's no shame in that. It is a very difficult game. Yeah. Um, maybe get the Switch version to try. <laughs> um. Oh, this you might have talked about this last week because this is saying it's 11 days ago, but E3 is going to be a digital event again. Uh, we didn't talk about that, but that makes sense. I, I mean, last year it wasn't even a digital event. It was just oh, really? they went direct to uh, consumer. Like everyone okay. had their directs. So I guess now it's a little more under one banner, which will make gathering news a lot easier than it was last time, having to wait for yeah. each individual studio to uh, shit out their executive fucking load. Um, God, I, th- I could have sworn there was something... Uh, Twitter t- Twitter blew up because um, uh, Nintendo released their their new color for the Switch Lite, and it's uh, a very similar color to the Game Boy Advance. Uh, and everybody was saying, oh, oh we the, want the a purple. Switch Pro. We want a Switch Pro. And then they're like, here, now it's purple. So the Switch Pro, <laughs> I think, is it's happening um, because the current chipset, uh, the Tegra X whatever that the Switch uses has been discontinued by NVIDIA. Ooh. So um, unless Shit. they're just going to stop making Switches, they're moving on to something else and probably going to be a little bit beefier. Um, so that's that's been a rumor for a while. I haven't reported on I it because there hasn't been any like thing confirmed. But the, the part about the... Like, uh, chipset being discontinued the soc not being made by nvidia anymore is 100 percent true nvidia confirmed that shit Um, that's pretty big news though i mean because that like yes something's coming switches then yeah you gotta figure a shift's coming somewhere um but yeah like they have their their stock right now (laughs) and uh uh until they announce something i think there's a nintendo direct coming up soon right Yes. Let me look it up. Um, so I think that seems like a reasonable place where they might announce it. They might be saving it for E3. Oh, Who actually, knows? There might be one today. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Maybe they're announcing the Switch Pro as we're as we're discussing this. Um, no, that I. I'm fucking dumb and I can't read dates anymore. Wow. I'm going to go jump in a river. Uh, that's February 17th. <laughs> <laughs> Two is, in fact, not four, everybody. Oh, shit. There, of course, how did I even forget about this? Yeah, this is why I should write down my show notes again. Um, Bioware detailed the whole change list of. Mass Effect Legendary Edition changes, and a lot of them, uh, most of the changes, unsurprisingly, are for the original Mass Effect, because it was the oldest game and needed the most work to modernize it. Uh, but going through the list, I think everyone's going to be pretty happy with what they got. I won't go through the whole uh, patch notes, but I will go over some of the highlights. They adjusted the uh, physics of the Mako, in Mass Effect 1 to be a little bit more uh, consistent, as they <laughs> phrased it, but while still um, 
they were very tongue in cheek about how they phrased like that the maker controlled like shit. They're like, uh, we wanted to preserve still its its quirkiness <laughs> for for players, but make things a little more predictable as to uh, driving in straight lines and not flipping over. <laughs> Uh, also native 21 by nine support on PC versions, as well as native controller support on PC versions. They reworked the, uh, gunplay in mass effect one to be more in line with the later entries in the series while still maintaining the, uh, cooldown system for weapons that was in the original game. So they didn't move to thermal clips, which was something people were like, are they just going to like make that universal across the games? But no, they're sticking with the same uh, stuff. You can now flag items as junk in your inventory in the original mass effect game and mass sell or mass convert to Omni gel, which is huge because that was the inventory management was the bane of my existence in mass effect one. Uh, so that was, that's pretty exciting. Um, and they also showed off a new trailer showing uh, like side-by-side comparisons between the original versions and the legendary editions. And man, it's just, they did a beautiful job uprising and cleaning up everything. And I'm, I'm excited to have my life consumed for <laughs> the next <laughs> three to four months. Um, I just, I just, I, I have to decide whether I want to play through on on my 4K TV or my 21 by 9 monitor first. Which experience do I want to have first? It's it's the debate that's waging in my mind right now. Um, so that was exciting. Um, I guess a Chinese memory manufacturer has started. Um, advertising DDR5 10,000 megahertz RAM. So that's 10 gigahertz <laughs> memory speed. Um, if they're actually hitting that, that's insane. I don't know what you would ever need that much memory speed for. Um, I also don't do programming, so maybe there's some... <laughs> corner case applications where memory speed is really important and like the cumulative effect that uh, it would have on your workflow would be very significant but I don't know what those corner cases are Uh, man I'm scrolling for PC Gamer and this was just really a dead week for uh, gaming news Uh, streamers rejoice OBS uh, version 27 is now out. This update bakes in native support for NVIDIA's RTX voice plugin. So you no longer have to have the standalone application running. There is a little bit of uh, setup you have to do. You have to download and install uh, some SDK uh, thing to get it to work. The option will be in your OBS menu, but it won't work unless you have that available. I believe this plugin is just for the RTX cards, although I am fairly certain that certain uh, GTX cards are compatible with RTX Voice through the standalone application. So if you're a streamer or really anyone who just wants to have clean audio without all the background noise, check out RTX Voice. It is pretty impressive what they were able to accomplish with that. 
Um, and uh, yeah, really, that's that's the bulk of it. There really wasn't a ton for the news, except oh, okay, one more thing that I'm remembering now. Um, Power Rangers Cross Street Fighter <laughs> is Ooh. happening. Ryu and Chun Li are <coughs> oh, yeah. coming to Power Rangers Battle for the Grid mm-hmm. as guest characters as Rangers. Uh, there is an alternate skin for the Ryu one, at least that's been revealed. That is helmetless, so you can see Ryu's face. Uh, also, as part of this, a super edition of Battle for the Grid is being released, which carries with it all DLC characters and all costumes for $50. I'm not sure how that works. If you already own the base game, what the price tiering is mm-hmm. for the upgrade, but that is it's kind of cool. Uh, to have the whole package released. The cover art for it looks really awesome. Uh, I'm hopeful that having Ryu and Chun in there will maybe bring in some Street Fighter players who are kind of curious about the game and grow the player base. Because the the bigger the player base, the more likely there is to be either continued support for the game or a sequel for the game, both of which I would be uh, very down for, down the clown with. But that is all I have for for gaming news. That's that's all I got hey. right now. Uh, Lovin's what I got. I don't have love for uh, this movie though. <laughs> uh yeah. I think not a lot of people should. It's it's Man. bad. Like it's not even bad in the fun way. Like Rogue was bad. It's just like uh, it was like boring. Rogue. It was just I was bored watching this. I was. Honestly, only half watching it. I was mm-hmm. looking at my phone. <laughs> yeah, you can it. you can feel the the Sony on it so hard just over the whole thing. And I'm I'm not just talking about like the corporate product placement, which we'll list all that shit off. I'm not talking about the dance numbers. I'm talking about like the kind of way that like they took the property and the writers and they they just got up their own ass about the plot. Like the plot was the the reason that we watched Coming to America, like the first one. Yeah. And they're like, we need to tell this story. Do we? And they're like, jokes? Nah, not really. No. Why would you put jokes in this movie? Uh, it's TV PG. You can't do you can't do jokes with that. No, you can't have any jokes in here. So we just got to tell this story that's not even compelling. And it's, like, so uneven. Because, like, the whole... It seemed like the whole main crux of the movie was going to be, like, realizing that his his daughter was the right person to, to take over as ruler of Zamunda. But yeah. that like gets pushed aside for ninety yeah, percent of the runtime of the movie until like the very I was like, end. Where did his daughters go? Let's lay out the plot for this. Um, so again, yeah, ninety percent of this movie takes place not in America. So they don't. Yeah. They they did technically come to America for like a split fucking second, but um, yeah. so he's the king, uh, Akim. He's going to be the king, and he needs to find... He's ready. He has his daughters, and they're being raised. Um, but he he's, like, the next door uh, kingdom. I didn't watch. Next Doria is the name of the, of the country. Which I feel like uh, was probably is, a better joke in the first one. Um, 
they're going to attack or something, and he found out that he has a bastard son in New York. Uh, so yeah, the the get. crux of it is that um, oh, it's just, it's so fucking weak. Um, but the thing is, he is not a, a ruthless leader like his father was. So the, the, he would be assassinated if he doesn't have like a a, a son, a I guess. Or I guess the the thing is like he, he wants to like. Wesley Snipes' character, General Easy, wants to like link the two countries through marriage. Yeah. So he's like, "Your daughter can marry my son, who's, you know, just <laughs> he's there." I don't know what there. that joke. That joke sputtered, much yeah, like many of the, of the other jokes. I guess he's just like I don't know. He looks like a douchebag. Yeah, but he we, we don't we don't know anything about his personality. We just know that he has abs. Yeah, and, and Akeem was just like, no, she doesn't want to marry him. Like, yeah, I don't think that's ever going like, to happen. Which is a decision he makes for her, which kind of yeah. runs counter to the whole like proposed moral of the story. But then he's like, I also have a daughter. And he's like, well, I don't have a son, so we got to find the son, and we got to marry them off. And it's just, yeah. it's such a weak fucking through line, which is fine in a comedy. You don't need to have a strong plot as long as the jokes are good. But there are no fucking jokes. No jokes. No jokes. No jokes. There are th- no jokes. It was just, it was the same, like, sloppy bits all, like, over and over again. And it's yeah, like, just rehashes. Uh-huh, we're like, we're I mean, funny. We're kooky Africans. The barbershop scenes in the original Coming to America were really funny. These ones yeah. just felt like, okay, let's play the let's play the hits, boys. Oh, it's it mm-hmm. dated the movie because they're they're all like uh like of the of the time they're all like hey oh oh you know I I got I had a son and uh, now now they're a woman, ha <laughs> uh, trans. Yeah, like, he's like I got a grandson like, who's now a granddaughter. Or now something now like. granddaughter. Science, can I can turn, turn your... a penis into a vagina. Yeah, it's like. And oh, it's like okay. you can't even squeeze a breast anymore without losing your job. And it's like I got that in when I was younger. Like I don't know. I feel like in isolation, that's a kind of joke that I I would find funny. But when I have to wade through all the bullshit, like it just put me in a sour mood where you actually had to deliver a strong joke to get me to laugh. Or something completely unexpected. Like I was telling the guys before, like the first genuine laugh this movie got out of me was like an hour plus into it when Tracy Morgan shows up in Zamunda and he's arguing with Arsenio Hall and Arsenio Hall just very matter-of-factly says, I will cut you. Because that was just so unexpected and funny. Because like, I'll cut you, bitch, is just one of those phrases that's funny no matter where you put it in. It's interesting. It seems like the the stuff that was comedy, and there was very little of this. The stuff that was comedy almost seemed like it was um, like off the cuff, like ad libbing, like Which, they, they improv. It's a Sony production, like, so probably I could see. I could see that it's, Tracy but Morgan, it's not a Arsenio Sony Hall. Theater. I know you want to like believe it is, but it's not. Okay, it's <laughs> fucking Paramount. But man, it just seems there's too many parallels. It, it, yes, no. If they took the page that they took the page out of the Sony playbook. For sure, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, like Peter and I were discussing before Jake comes on, this movie felt an awful lot like Ghostbusters 2016, and it's not just because there was a lot of Leslie Jones in the movie. Yeah. Um, there were theoretical jokes in here, 
like as I was watching the movie, I was like thinking out all the jokes that I would have put in that I think would have been really funny and topical. Um, Because, again, I haven't seen the first one, but my impression of it from the references in this one was that like the hook was one of the hooks was that it was Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy dressing up as characters that were parodies and jokes of black culture in the like 80s or 90s when it came out. Like the gospel preacher, the bad, like, um, uh, the, who is, who is he trying to do an impression of with, with his like band? Oh, James Brown, I think. Yeah. Doing like his bad James Brown impression. Like that's, you know, the barbershop stuff, which was the thing that Tyler Perry also did. Like the scene where the character talks with themselves and just does banter with themselves in a, in in a sitting down room. Like he did before Tyler Perry did it before Tyler Perry. Yeah. Um, so they, I know I kind of get that feeling and there's so many ways to do that again in a modern setting. Um, one of the kind of unrelated, but there's a scene where the prince, the, the new guy comes in and he's doing an interview with like, uh, Colin Jost. Um, yeah. And oh, oh, I wanted him. So he's like talking about how he's like, the joke is that the the interviewer is like white and bougie and um our character is like being looked down on but i really wanted him to like take it up to the next level which he didn't because he's like yeah no i went to a boarding school i'm like i wanted to be like i went to a boarding school so i never saw my parents either unless we were on breaks and i was like okay in in like bogota or on a yacht you know i wanted to see that like Oh, yeah. I didn't talk to my I mean, parents that, until we took our breaks on the yachts. And it was so sad looking over the like ocean. It was yeah. kind of squandered. like, And it just, like, I saw what they were going for. And I feel like with a little bit tighter writing, it could have been a funny scene. But just, like, the the quick shift from, you know, the, like, passive-aggressive, like, racism to the, like, our character getting on his soapbox was so quick that it undercut any potential for comedy the scene had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there could be a, there's jokes in here to be had about like you know people who would be criticizing Eddie Murphy for doing like a fake African kind of character and him like comedically responding to that. Or you could do I you know one I just thought of was like um, do do like a SoundCloud rapper thing because. If you're going to go with, like, generic pan-African kind of jokes, one of those is, like, a lot of tribes do, like, body mod stuff, right? Um, right. They have those kind of traditions where they'll do something to their, their face or some their physiology or whatever. And you make a joke about that, he's like... And then you go up to someone who's, like, a SoundCloud rapper and has all the tattoos on their face. And like, oh, which <laughs> tribe are you from? You know, something like that. Yeah. there's I, They were definitely... And they did a lot more of those jokes in the original Coming to America. There was mm-hmm. a lot more fish-out-of-water comedy, which if the idea of the movie was we're going to take the fish-out-of-water comedy but flip it, and we're going to take the American and put him in Zamunda, and then we're going to do the fish-out-of-water comedy there, that'd be one thing, but they never really went in that direction. No. They, they like, no. dipped their toe in it like the most... They did was like when the the servants were like, 
do you want us to bathe you? And he like goes to his mom, be like, "Is that cool? Can I like do that?" I saw shit. that joke coming from a mile that was away. So yeah. yeah, oh yeah, a hundred percent. When she was already in the bathtub, I was like, "Okay, she's getting her pussy ate by some dude or multiple dudes," and I'm like, "Okay, this is." Fucking also weird. Why go to your mom and ask permission to get like bathed? You're a 30 year old dude. This guy's 31. Just do it. <laughs> Just do yeah. him. No, I I totally agree. The whole like flipping it. Like I I'm, I'm remembering the first coming to America and like part of the comedy with that one was these guys are like viewing American culture as this otherworldly bizarre kind of thing, and they had like kind of transition adapt and to it. it and adapt like to it he's really so earnest Eddie Murphy's yeah. Prince Hakeem mm-hmm. so earnest and like you know naive that there's there's a lot of that comedy in there and they didn't really flip the premise it's and no. there there would have been opportunities to have the streetwise New Yorker guy completely out of place in Africa but like the only real thing they did with that is like he couldn't remember the ancestors names so well and then a little bit (laughs) with the lion thing just like and they really restricted it they really restricted it to like the cast like to the the palace and i would think they didn't have the budget to go out further (laughs) i know but like if they imagine if they were like if they if they hadn't spent the money on salt and pepper and like maybe (laughs) done a few more location shots yeah but like but like if they had done like um Hey, you're gonna be prince, so you need to meet the people who you're gonna be ruling over. And then he has to go out into like these African villages and towns, and and in Zamunda, which I'm assuming Zamunda is not just a fucking palace. It's like it's gotta be like it areas. seems to I mean, be it's a got palace and one McDonald's. Yeah, one McDonald's. Yeah. It's got one McDonald's. Like like go go meet the people and go like like kind of interact with them, and then that introduced comedy in that way where he's like totally caught off guard by African culture. Yes, they should have... It should have been simple, right? You take coming to America and you flip the script. That should have been the premise of the movie. That would have worked a lot better. Would it have been predictable? Yes. But as it stands now, this is just like a sloppy retread of coming to America uh, with musical numbers in there to pad the runtime. And... And uh, product placement. We'll talk. Now's the time to talk oh about the God. fucking product placement. Um, all right, oh, we got first shot when they get back in Queens. There's a big old McDonald's yep. ad on the building. Even before that, like, they're like McDowell's is sponsored by Pepsi. 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 Like it was almost like forced in oh, there. They're like, all forced in there. Subtle ones. There, there's subtle ones, and then there's forced ones. Mm-hmm. And then there were there were more forced ones than I think. Yeah, uh, they were trying to be like, like I I that one I can almost be okay with the Pepsi one because they went a little bit the Sonic the Hedgehog route where it's just so blatant that it's meant to be a joke, and uh, the way Louis Anderson did it, like I mean they had like it's the official Pepsi's the official soft drink that could have been a little bit more tactfully done but like the way they had it where louis anderson is eating the fucking beyond meat burger oh yeah from mcdowell's and he's like maybe it'll taste better with a refreshing drink of pepsi that would have been fine where he's like and then he like maybe choked as he's choking down the fucking grass burger 
say mm. something about how um, Pepsi's the official soft drink of McDowell's. Did but is uh, Coke is Coke the uh, official drink of McDonald's? Yes. Um. Yes, they do. They use do their Coca-Cola. They, they promo the Coke freestyle machines. Joke. They should have done like a joke where it was like like uh pepsi better than better than our competitors uh they wouldn't i don't think they let that one fly yeah you got it they're treading like narrow ground on a lot of this shit to squeeze in as much products was like it's like mcdonald's was like an actual sponsor of of this movie if it was in the movie i mean they had a pretty fucking big ad in the movie i would think so yeah um there is some in the middle i forget um i so good i'm glad those ads aren't taking space in my brain there's the friskies one where they're like i know what food will feed a giant house cat what all friskies friskies yeah it's like fucking kill me um then they're at the party and they do like four in a row where they're like i need some crown royale for my royal compadres I want to hit with some Ciroc. Uh, I want a Bulgari. Here's this Bulgari necklace. And she's like, oh, I'm part of the family now. And I'm like, oh, is she going to turn and be like, when you have a Bulgari necklace, that's how you know that you're family. Like, they just, bim, bam, boom, put them all in because it's the scene with the opulence. Oh, the Spotify one? Yeah. Spotify? Yeah, that's the one where he's like, what? let me put on my, oh my Spotify. God. Boop. <laughs> Hold on, let me go to my Spotify. And then they do a fucking shot of his Spotify <laughs> yeah, playlist. I'm yeah. like... No, <laughs> so shitty. On a certain level, though, something like that feels a little bit less egregious because that's like what someone would use. You know, like I would almost rather it be look at my Spotify than to invent a music streaming service that isn't Spotify. But you know that like mm. the implication is it's supposed to be Spotify. But yeah, it, it, there was a lot of product placement. And then, and... at the end, my favorite, the one that I have a fucking vendetta against. Um, not the Ford, because he pulls up in a Ford and the Ford goes right into the camera. They push the logo right in the front of the fucking camera. And he guy comes out and he goes, Hey man, do you need to. I got. You want to ride in my lift? And I just think Cloak and Dagger just comes rushing back to me and I just yell into the void. Lift! lift! Um, it was funny with the Ford because I, I laughed at the Ford, but not because of anything in the movie, but because before we watched this movie, Diane showed me this TikTok where it's this girl playing like the chorus to Do You Want to Know by the Arctic Monkeys? And this guy's like, did you ever find out your wife has an identical <laughs> twin sister and you fucked her father because you were confused? That's how it feels to drive a Ford F-250. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and that's what I thought of when the Ford logo came in. So I laughed at that, but not for anything to do with this movie. Yeah. So they had they had egregious product placement and and then the dance numbers. Let's talk about the dance numbers. <sighs> so many dance numbers. And I want to add in an honorable dishonorable mention to the uh fucking stick fighting scene in the beginning that went on for like four minutes. Because and- we needed action in our movie did nothing movie. to further anything i guess you could say there was some reincorporation because they came in with the sticks uh when general easy invaded it, which as far as a climax goes to have it just like resolved in seconds like that was fucking pathetic yeah yeah i i i wanted to see more of the and i think this is uh throughout the entire movie i wanted to see more of the daughter 
be more like a queen than a princess. I mean, like with the payoff they went with, you really should have I mean, done that. Why didn't why didn't they why didn't they show the princess coming like making peace agreements with uh with Easy? Mm-hmm. Like that that's like set it up so easy for you. Yeah, it just it just happens they they beat him up with their sticks. And oh, that's uh, right. That was one of the other things I laughed at was the they training. They just fucking yeah, yeah. Generally, um, his training camp that was great. I yes, with his uh, fucking go play for kids. Not the Saren though. That's dangerous. <laughs> they have the DDR training uh, things. Was that from the that original sounds one? Sounds funny. Or is this just like a new thing? Because I don't remember. I did like that that all his guys were like weirdly trained and that they were half dancers. Um, and so they would always come into the scene and they would just fucking like be busting dance moves. I, I appreciated that. In the greater context of having a lot of dance numbers, I'm like, oh, God, okay. Um, and I don't think I talked to you about this, Jake. Kurt and I talked about this before, that I, I have a headcanon, is that somewhere in this, in the agglomeration of big corporate movies, um, there are Hollywood dance troupe agencies. Like, there's somewhere in here, there's a robust um, dance collective, you know, dance collection of, of people like training and hiring and keeping employed people who can dance. And the reason there's so many dance numbers in this movie, just like how there was dancing in Ghostbusters 2016, was that dancing takes a lot of time. It's mildly entertaining to put a brain fog over your face and you don't have to pay dancers as much as you pay actors because dancers can you can just they haven't there's you can't dancers aren't into their own union <laughs> yeah dancers don't have that you know they're not so they're literally not, like they're not celebrities i'm not saying this in the way that dancers can't be famous i'm just saying that um they get shit on more than uh celebrities and aren't gonna like they're like oh god i have to fucking pay i gotta pay the dancers so much like no no those guys are like the same in the same grade they're treated in the same grade by Hollywood as like the fucking film crew and the sound mixers and the engineers. You know, you put them in that class. So fill up your movie with dancers and you can reduce the budget on your movie. And then when you sell it in a big fucking corporate bundle to another company, you can make $60 million on it. It's like, wow, we didn't have to do anything. No one had to actually watch this movie. Do you want this? Though? Um, yeah. So the dance numbers everywhere. Celebrity cameos everywhere and there are things where again uh i guess my the core thing one of the core things i have with this movie is um in a good comedy like austin powers which will always reference as like the base level of what's a good comedy is that you just put jokes put jokes everywhere even in the serious scenes put a joke in there every scene is an opportunity for like two or three different jokes um and i was thinking of the scene where uh the king is doing his own funeral. He wants to attend his own funeral. Yeah. And I really would have loved it if they did a joke where he, because he dies and he's like, he's like, I'm dying. I'm quiet. I would have loved it if he had a heart attack at his funeral. He's like, I'm, di- I'm dying. I'm dying. And um, Eddie Murphy's like, of course you are, father. Yes. You are dying. Yeah. <laughs> Time to go. That would have been, yeah, that that would have been, been a great. funny joke. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a lot of missed potential with the, uh, yeah, I, w- I guess I wouldn't scene. say miss because they. I don't think they tried. I don't think they had the intent to 
make this a laugh a minute well, roller coaster. I would say I would say missed because they had the opportunity to put a lot of jokes in That's there because the the fucking the the level of ego to be like I want to attend my own spectacular funeral here. That's great. There was there was a lot of opportunities to make some really funny jokes in there. But and and like I I can appreciate like the oh we got Morgan Freeman to narrate his life and you know we got <laughs> some famous musical people but also Salt and Pepper are here for reasons just so we can say Salt and Pepper are here or maybe Eddie Murphy was real tight with them and we could pay them the to 80s. rewrite their songs for us yeah. they would we get well, they're the only ones who would sell them and Gladys Knight they'd sell their songs to be rewritten as parodies for this movie. Where were the pips? That's what I want to know. The pips had too much dignity to do this movie. It's true. I think we should we should go back and watch uh, Coming to America, and like. Yeah, I'd be down with for that contrast. because I've, I Coming to America is a fine movie. It's. I think it's a. I I really enjoy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I like it. Um, it's, Eddie it's, Murphy it's, in his prime. Eddie Murphy was a at good his comedian. Yeah. Eddie, like that's why I kind of expected this to be pretty good, you know, because it, it's Eddie and Arsenio coming back for it. They're both objectively funny people, and they just did Dolomite with Wesley Snipes. I don't mm-hmm. think Arsenio was in Dolomite, but Wesley he was. Snipes was. Oh, oh was no, he? no, oh, that was Wesley. You know what this was missing? R rating. Yes. Yeah, that would have helped. Uh, that would have helped for sure. I am five minutes in to uh, coming to America. The normal, the first one, and their tits, and the clip that I sent you, they do drop the f bomb, and I think they're a little bit looser with their comedy too. Oh yeah, well yeah, having an R rating helps with that. Like you don't have to worry about like tiptoeing mm-hmm. around the the censor. Um, but yeah, like I was I was pretty disappointed in this because I I liked the first one. They brought back a good portion of the original cast, so. What it was just when we saw the teaser, right? It's like they're they're back, they're coming to America. So the teaser is pretty much just you have a son, and he's wearing the fucking street garb, the touristy crap. Mm-hmm. And he's like my son, and you're like, oh cool, they got all these guys back, awesome. And then the second trailer came out where it's like, oh, we can't have a queen in Zamunda, and all this other plot shit they just layered on thick. I was like, ugh. I don't know about this, but still, yeah. I figured even if the plot was kind of shitty, you know, there'd at least be moments where they let Eddie Murphy and Arsenio and, and Wesley Snipes, who was great in Dolomite and mm-hmm. was was fine in this. I think he was probably one of the most consistent performers in this movie. Him I and Tracy so. Morgan, I think, sold stole the show. Um, <laughs> and shout out to Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah was a nice little highlight yeah. there. Okay. That was Trevor cool. Noah like that. was trying to do an African accent when he already has an African accent. He, I, I think he, he does. Like, it that's sounded the thing like he, he was trying to do Zamunda accent over his regular South African accent to me. I don't okay. know. If I'm the only one, maybe I'll shut up about it. But <laughs> it sounded really weird. I'm no expert on South African accents, and so I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, that was a fun little gag. <laughs> I, I just figured. I did like the little gag when they were yeah. Tracy Morgan and uh, Arsenio were in the sa- they were doing their split screen, but they were in the same uh, room. That was that's a classic bit. I love it. And the framing there where they reach across Trevor yeah. Noah's face to he, fucking. He turns, he turns aside and he's like, "Hey, 
like it's, it's good that was a good bit mm-hmm. I think that was a good bit I, I'll cut you and everything I like and the Makembe yeah. Matumbo yeah. thing where they're like hey Matumbo get out of here and it's actually him and he stands up and he's like <laughs> fucking seven foot tall and does the no 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 <laughs> gentle giant <laughs> no 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 it's yeah, your your party. there were there were there were there was a bit to be had in here, but like, it's an hour and forty eight minutes long, and if uh, you cut together all the things that made me laugh in the movie, it's maybe like two, yeah. two minutes. I really, I really think a lot of it is, um, is like, it it might just be like studio interference, because I interference. feel like this isn't what our <laughs> the studio is, directed is what, this like, thing. Yeah. Well, like they, I think they probably prevented like the true vision that Eddie and Arsenio Hall. This is such a a, a, a different sanitized, movie than the first yeah. One. And I feel like if Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy wanted to make a true remake or true sequel to Come Into America, this is not what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think and on some level what they wanted was to just play some of these characters again. And they didn't really care mm. much about the rest of it. Like they weren't writers on this movie. And I don't remember if they were writers on the first one. Let me check on that real I just, quick here. While you're doing that, I'm going to list off some more jokes that I've been thinking of. And I thought of during this movie. So there's the scene where it rains and I know it doesn't rain much. And like, when you think of Africa, you don't think of like it raining all the time. I know they rain for us and blah, blah, blah. Um, but wouldn't it have been funny if it was, if he pans up and it was his servants, like making a rain effect. Cause he wanted to have <laughs> rain that night. He's like, I want rain. And they're all there pouring buckets into like sieves and doing like a rain effect from the top of the castle. That would have been funny. Um, they would have done, they could have done like a Tinder or match system where he's sitting in the throne room. He's like, I need you to find a suitor. I had, I heard about these new, uh, dating apps in the, in America. And I wanted to do it here. It's a line of women standing, and he's like, "He's left, left, right, right." Yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah. potential for stuff like that, for sure. I think, I think what we're taking away from this is that we could have written "Coming to America" a lot better <laughs> yeah. than uh, David Sheffield and Barry W. Blaustein, who were the screenplay guys on the original, uh, mm. but they also added in Kenya Barris, who. Uh, is the creator of Blackish? Okay. I've uh, heard he also has it. credits including Soul. He was a special thanks on that. Uh, okay. The Witches, Shaft, twenty nineteen, Girls Trip, and Barbershop Next Cut. So I mean, he sounds like he's got some some acumen. He's got there. some credentials, but I think here's here's the big difference. So. And coming to America, the first one, the story was by Eddie Murphy. Mm. And this one, the story is by Sheffield Blaustein and Justin Canu, who is not someone I know. Uh, he's a film producer. What's his credits got? He's got uh, Welcome to the Jungle. He was a producer, the man without a face. This is what he's known for, other than coming to America. Welcome to the Jungle, the man without a face, and engaged. Uh, Welcome to the Jungle has a hot 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb. And the man without a face, which is a Mel Gibson movie, has 6.7 out of 10. Um, So 
yeah, interesting choice for that. And I think, yeah, I think that's just it. Like, they're like, Eddie, the studio went to the original writers, like, rip up the screenplay, go with the story. Eddie and Arsenio, you guys want to do this again? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And it really, yeah, it feels like there's a lot, there's an extra writer, there's an extra story guy, and it does feel like there's a, a lot more voices in this and it's not a clear and consistent vision mm -hmm. yeah so don't watch the movie don't be <laughs> advertised to this movie was not yeah. made to be watched so don't watch it they already made their money before this thing premiered yeah for between all the product placement and the fact that amazon paid 125 million dollars for the distribution rights to this they already made their money back regardless of whether anyone watched this movie. So if they care that little about it, you should care that little about it and just That's move on with your story. life. Watch, watch the first one. First one's great. Um, how does, I, I'm wondering how Amazon makes money off of this now. They can put it and advertise it as part of their streaming. So it's an ad about an, it's like an ad with ads in it. It's so it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a way to get people to sign up for prime video. It's a loss leader in that aspect and they can cite it as a loss. So like Amazon, their films division is mm. part of their overall corporate structure. So if they lose money on the film division, they don't have to pay any taxes for the money they're making hand over fist on the storefront. Mm -hmm. mm. This is why, like, when I think about, like, cyberpunk dystopian ideas, one of the ideas I've said before is, like, an entire economy where no one does anything and you just spontaneously create money. And, <laughs> like, the where, like, the economy is, like, its own. It, you just put a cube and you're like, what is this cube? That's the economy in there. It's the economy and like dollar bills come out kind of once in a while like this is this is running our country this cube which i actually think wasn't that like a a movie right we talked about that where it was like it was you had to these guys had to run cables through the across america to hook up the cubes isn't that death stranding <laughs> what the yeah fuck? no <laughs> what the fuck was the name of that movie it was like uh runners or some shit where it was like, here, you're part of a, a, the new gig economy. Take this cable and run it from cube to cube, and you have to walk. Oh, that does sound a little familiar. Right, and they got, they started getting the Roombas to do it for them. It was like a dark comedy kind of deal. So, yeah. fucking yeah. Don't again. Don't watch this movie. It's already. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a weird watch incestual product one. of so much corporate shit. Um, yeah, it's just, not just movie, stick to almost. the first movie and uh, pretend like this never happened because I'm going to pretend like it never happened and just immediately forget it as soon as I hit stop recording on this podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so that's going to do it for episode 259. Please stop by Twitch TV backslash Iron Studs tonight. We will be resuming our adventures in Divinity Original Sin 2. We will finally exit P Fort Joy <laughs> this week. Um, one, of, one of these days. One and, of these uh, days. Continue on with our adventures there. Uh, you can check out SaturnStuds.com. It has links to our social media uh, platforms and our YouTube channel where you can find uh, things such as stream archives. Uh, we are working on some original content, and we are uh, going to begin uploading some of our movie reviews. Um 
as separate entities. So if you enjoy our reviews but don't necessarily want to wade through an hour of Trey Watch, where we talk about trailers for maybe 20 minutes of that, um, <laughs> you can go straight to the review on the YouTube channel. Um, but I do thank everyone who enjoys the show as a whole and uh, ask that you leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice as it helps us out quite a bit when you do that and it's the easiest uh, no cost to you no real effort to you really um, way to support the show and we do appreciate anyone who does that uh, and until next time be well stay safe and party like it's 1995 peace bye bye <laughs>